I am creating something new and it is a new program, but it's a really causing me to reevaluate so much about my business, really leaning into this bigger space. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Money Makers podcast. I am so happy you've chosen to join me today. This podcast is for anyone who wants to make more money without leaving their integrity behind. I'm Ray Dodd, a money and business coach. And my very favorite thing is seeing those who have underestimated themselves or been underestimated by society make more money. I believe we owe it to one another to take the discussion around money far beyond manifestation and money blocks and to get into what's really holding us back from making more money. So let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome back to another solo episode of Money Makers with me. I really um, am very excited about what I'm going to talk to you about today. But before I get into it, I wanted to let you all know that I have a new program coming up. It's actually a reimagining of my group coaching course, which is called Plenty More. If you're interested in getting the details, and I'm going to talk about it throughout and give you another opportunity at the end, there is a link in the description of this, the notes of this episode, uh, where you can sign up to hear more details. And as I talk through, you'll hear more about it. It, but it is for anyone who is wanting to really be um, hitting those higher numbers in their business, higher money numbers, obviously. So I had so much positive feedback on my episode, my last solo episode, which was a couple of episodes ago, I think, about the real impact of taking up space. And I wanted to talk about some of the things that have sprung from that thought process. So I've actually, you may not have noticed this, it's August when I'm recording this, so things feel quiet um, online. I know lots of people's sales slow down and stuff, and I have been semi-quiet in that I have been posting but um, I'm not selling anything at the moment. And I've really taken a step back because I'm creating, and I talked about in this, this in the last episode, the last solo episode, I am creating something new and it is a new program, but it's a really causing me to reevaluate so much about my business, so much. Um, and the last episode was about some of that thought process. It was about this realization that I had where I was trying to create this program, trying to create this program. And it was getting really, really stuck. And I realized that I'd been trying to create a new program. And really what I'm doing is I need to reimagine my whole business and how it works. If you haven't listened to that episode, listen to this one first. You're going to, it's going to make sense, but do go back and listen to it because I got lots of lovely feedback on it. And it was a real important shift. I was sort of describing an important shift that happened. So what I'm realizing is that I'm shifting from running a business that revolves around me, from getting support in that revolves around me into more of a company model where I am the head of that company. And we're going to talk more about that as this episode goes on. And I suspect the title, haven't decided on the title as I'm recording it, but the one I have in my head is going to give that away. So me as the head of that company. Um, and what is, um, but my team being there less to support just me and more to give us a whole rounded way of supporting our clients so it being more about like what don't I like to offer what aren't I good at offering but what do my clients actually need and how can I bring in people that love to do that stuff that it's in their zone of genius it lights them up so that we are able to really do what and you know we haven't completely sat down and come up with a company mission but we will do and in my head, the company mission is what I say in the intro of this podcast. It's about 
people who've traditionally been left out of money making, making more money and the impact that has. Oh, gets me all excited just thinking about it. Anyway, over this month, as I've taken steps back, I'm not seeing clients at all in August. I've taken quite a lot of time to be with my kids and my family. But as I'm doing that, I'm also really leaning into this bigger space, even though none of it's happened yet, you know, outwardly. No one can really see stuff. It's going to be happening in the next few weeks. And like I said, sign up on that wait list and you'll be the first to hear about a lot of the things. So it's not tangible yet, but behind the scenes, things are taking shape. So I have an associate coach. We are still about, we still need to sign contracts. So I'm not going to say who it is, but they are brilliant. And I cannot wait to introduce you to her. We have been working like every week, we've been meeting up sometimes twice a week and talking through the programs that we're creating to go into this course. So it's going to be a year long program. Oh, I've said it. I've said it out loud. (laughs) I keep going about that. It's going to be a year long. Let's just own it. And um, there's going to be, you know, calls and all of that sort of stuff that I always do. But there's going to be some courses sort of underpinning everything we go through. And so we've been meeting together and we've been chatting about it and we've been creating it and getting so excited about what we're doing. And getting her involved was one of the first big steps. And we'll tell the story of it. We're going to do, we think, a two-parter. So um, released over a couple of weeks in a few weeks. So you will hear from her really soon and we'll tell the story. But the way even that it happened that it was her was just really amazing. And this is the first time in this business, in coaching, I've created something alongside someone else. I've bounced ideas off people before, off my assistant or my husband or my friends but it's always been about me really coming up with the thing and I'll be honest sometimes that's super easy sometimes it's like you know people talk about downloads and sometimes it really is a like ah I know exactly what this is going to look like the further I've got into my business whether this is me getting in my own head about it or this is just the nature of knowing more the further I've got in the harder I found it and it's taken me longer it doesn't mean not, not being able to do it but I found those kind of like download moments have happened less a lot of it is that some of my programs are kind of I'm still taking strands from other stuff like you're always building on that body of work but this time being able to bounce it off of somebody else and create it together it's just been so different and I've realized how much better I work in that capacity how much that plays to my strengths in so many different ways this is the thing I've always known I'm good in community. I think I said this in the last episode. I've known like all my courses and I actually had a message from a previous client just yesterday, just being like, oh, you always create these amazing spaces. I've had lots of messages from my previous plenty more people who miss our gatherings because it finished in at the end of July or mid July. And we're not starting plenty more the next version up until uh, probably beginning of October, end of September-ish, probably. these. Let's just say these dates are, you know, with a caveat because we've still got stuff to do. So we're not announcing, announcing for a little bit. But I've known I'm good at creating those communities. And that's what this person said. She was like, oh, you're just always so good at this. And it's like a kind of alchemy. Like there's a magic to it. I don't fully know how it happens. And yet I didn't bring that into my business. And it's been wonderful doing this work with this person, creating this stuff and being like, ah, this is the soil in which I thrive. 
this is where I'm, my roots are meant to be. They're not meant to be on my own. And yet the story was that I should do this. I should get this done by myself for so long. And there's many reasons, many of them I went into in the last episode, but I want to delve into some more because obviously this is my thing that I like to do as soon as I'm like, why did I do that? What was that about? Like, I get really curious about it and I'll always look at myself. So it's like what, what we call in my programs. And I got this from the Feminist Coaching Academy, the way they talk about it, like your personal awareness. And then it's looking at with your societal awareness. So why am I responding like this? Again, what soil have I been grown in that causes me to do this? So, and it's no shock, right, that it's layered. Of course it is. Some of it is personal to me, this kind of like wanting things to to do things by myself. I have a deep feeling of wanting to prove that I can do things that no one expects of me. I enjoy that underdog scrappy feeling. I don't hate it when people underestimate me if I can prove them right. (laughs) I don't like it if I can't and I just feel underestimated. But then maybe I'm just estimated in that situation. (laughs) That's not even underestimating, is it? But I do like that feeling of someone being like, you can't do that. And I'm like, watch me. Gets me in trouble. And I'll talk about that in a minute. I also enjoy feeling like, like I can. Like I enjoy that feeling of, this is weird. And I'm I'm pausing because I'm realizing that this is a strange thing to enjoy. There's something in when I even underestimate myself when something, you know, when you're knocked down, I enjoy the getting up. Does that make any sense? I enjoy that feeling in a strange way. I don't like them being knocked over, but I want to make that really clear. So for instance, if a course doesn't sell the way I'd like it to, if something doesn't land in the way I'd hoped, I hate that bit. I'm not pretending I don't, but the next time I do it and I get it right, I love that. I don't love the feeling of going, I can't do it and walking away. And that can be a real problem because sometimes it means that I just won't quit when I should quit. There is absolutely a place for quitting. And sometimes I can, I'll beat myself up and not allow myself that space. And there are other negatives. So I'll rise to a challenge is the positive. My resilience is pretty good. And like I said, I bounce back relatively quickly. You know, it's got quicker and quicker. I'm sure something that me, and I nearly said her name then, oh my God. My associate coach are going to talk about in the next episodes is about the emotional roller coaster that comes along with money making, because that's a lot of what we're building this program around. We know how many of you experience this, and I've certainly experienced this, this really intense highs and lows in your business. And so a lot of the new program, the new version of Plenty More is about how do we navigate that? And how do we, how do we get you off that roller coaster, essentially? So yeah, like I said, my resilience is pretty good. I bounce back quickly, but the negatives are that there's often an underlying feeling that I have to prove this alone. I have to show people, everyone, and there's like a grit and a kind of tension in being like, I can't do it. Don't tell me I can't. And it's very toddlery, like it's very childlike, that feeling in me. And often as well, I can react, I can sort of try to prove people wrong when I don't even really want to do the thing that way anyway, (laughs) which is so frustrating, I'm sure for people around me, but for me as well, to be like, wait, you don't even want to do that. Why do you need to prove that you can? 
just don't just don't do it and I've learned I've got much better at that at sort of going just let that go you don't need to prove you can it seeps in you know these things get in through cracks and crevices that sounds horrible but you know what I mean and that's the thing with these boxes because obviously a lot of this is about how society views us what they see I have often been underestimated or flat out to be honest rejected and being told well you can't do that you know I don't look the part and I don't look like the right kind of wife part either you know I grew up in churches and there was an element of well you're either a guy who can be up front doing the thing leading or you're a pretty girl who that guy might marry I don't fit that role I'm too opinionated I physically don't fit the role there's just all sorts about it where I'm just not I didn't fit into that space that had been created for me but the thing with those boxes that society puts us in because obviously we need to zoom out is if we react entirely against them they can control us as much as if we conform to them because the goal isn't to reject everything society tells us to do or be as tempting as that is for someone like me. The goal is to be ourselves, to trust ourselves, to belong to ourselves, however that looks. The goal is to exist outside of it all. Parts of me are gonna conform to those things. I like dresses, identify as a woman, I like dresses. I know I bang on about that all the time. But for a long time, I wouldn't let myself do that because that was the thing that was expected of me. I didn't want to have to look pretty, but now I can kind of appease that part of me where I'm like, I'm not going to bother with flattering. That feels good. I'm going to wear a dress because I love it. I don't have to look pretty in that dress. It doesn't have to be the exact right cut for my figure. It doesn't have to fit me properly if I don't want it to, whatever fitting properly means. So do you see how that's kind of like a compromise between the two? I get to be me, but I also am operating outside of the box that's been given to me. One of the big ways I see this playing out in the online business space, and this might feel like a bit of a jump, but I feel like the two things are so related, is with the term CEO. So I've been thinking a lot about this. I've been thinking about um, what it means to be CEO. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about it. I posted about it in my Facebook group and everyone was like, bleh. <laughs> I don't like the term. And, and it was so interesting what people were saying, like a lot of just what we associate. And if you're listening, if you're listening to this, if you're listening to this, then you're listening to this, right? Otherwise you couldn't hear what I was saying. Anyway, as you're listening to this, have a think about that. Like, what does the term CEO bring up for you? In essence, the term doesn't matter that much. It it doesn't matter at all. We can put any term on it. It's the role. It's the attitude. Maybe the best word for it is energy, perhaps, that matters. The energy of a CEO. Like that kind of like the way you imagine them holding themselves, how they are in a business. Lots of us in the online space have come here after trying the more corporate or traditional routes and finding that they don't fit for us or we don't fit for them or both. Either due to our strengths, our personality, childcare or other caring responsibilities. And of course, chronic illness can play a big part as well. 
And on top of that, many of us have been left with really uncomfortable, I don't say this word lightly, often traumatic experiences of working with managers and CEOs, working with those people, the bosses, essentially. And whether we had actual dealings with them or felt like they were a distant, imposing force, or even maybe we didn't even have that, but we know about it from films and TV and stories from friends. The way that things seep into our consciousness is not just via direct experiences. And for many of us, the connotations of that CEO term and role are incredibly negative. And like I said, often even traumatic. You know, if I think about some of my experiences in that space, I remember giving work to, he wasn't the CEO, but he was one of the, you know, top management people at the company I worked for, giving him something, him not liking it and him ripping up and putting it in the bin. A different person feeling incredibly uncomfortable in the way that they interacted with women, the way that they would put their arm around you. I don't know about you all, but so wound up by the, um, this is slightly off topic, so wound up by the headlines that say, not, like, whatever, and I'm not going to get the statistic right, but like 90% of women have been, you know, sexually attacked or had something happen, sexually assaulted is the right word. And that what winds me up is the way that it's reported like a shock. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll be honest. I know a lot of people in my generation, so I'm 38. A lot of us didn't even really know that we could expect anything different. When I was in my twenties, you went to a, a club on a night out, you expected it. It didn't even, and I, God, I hate saying this. It didn't even feel wrong. It did feel wrong in that it didn't feel right, but it didn't feel like it feels now. It felt expected. And I know I'm not alone. Some of you who are younger might listen to that and be like, what? But I know the older people will be like, yeah. What Me Too did shifted so much in the discussion of rape culture that came before that as well and after it. And so a lot of us have that, you know, it might not just be that. It might be that you had children and you suddenly were treated incredibly differently or that you were aware that you were treated differently because of your gender, how you present, how you speak, how you look, all sorts of different things. And so we break free. We're like, I can't do this and I don't want to do this. And absolutely we do that. And we build our own thing. And that's so exciting and we leave these corporate settings with all their luxuries and we go and build our own place. But what many of us are doing is we're pitching a tent. And we're knocking in the hammers with our fists because we're like, wow, I think they used hammers to build that big corporate building. They used more than hammers. I am aware of that. But they used all these machines to build that big corporate building where the bad thing happened. So what I'm building has to look completely different. And so we reject everything about the big shiny gray glass tower which you might not have worked in I didn't either but that's the image isn't it of the corporate world it's basically Canary Wharf we want to build our own thing and so we're like camping on in a field and we're like foraging for our food and we're collecting our own water from the river and when and it's made idyllic for a while and some of you are built for that and you would love it and others of us just want to tap 
and we want heating and we want floors and actually maybe we want a really nice building and maybe we want more people living in there and oh it would look different but still it would be a company and I would be a CEO if I wasn't rejecting everything about that because of and I want to say it possibly I say this every episode (laughs) it's not your fault it is not your fault can you hear me thumping my fists as I talk about this totally on my own in my office but it's not your fault but it is your responsibility and I would go wider and this is very much the message of that last episode but I believe it's our responsibility to go wider build these businesses change what the business world looks like and so what many of us have been doing myself included is we've been rejecting it all we've been insisting that we build it all with our bare hands but we don't want to build the same thing it doesn't mean though that we need to reject all buildings (laughs) and live in these tents these meager tents instead we need reimaginings rather than keeping ourselves small rather than um, allowing these things to trap us, we need to operate outside of them. And I want you all to know that the path there is going to be riddled with mistakes and failings, and that's okay. A lot of what's actually wrong with the corporate world is not allowing for that. And yet so many of us are seeped in so much institutionalized stuff from school all the way into work, that we're still creating spaces where we don't allow mistakes, where we see that as getting it wrong. And it is getting it wrong, but getting it wrong, God, this sounds really like glib, but getting it wrong is kind of getting it right. And also to be really clear, all those CEOs didn't not make mistakes. They just didn't tell you about them or pay people off about them. And the sort of mistakes I'm talking about are not like ones where you'd even need to pay anyone off it means something doesn't work. It means maybe you get something slightly wrong with a contractor or an employee or a team member, you know, but all of that is so normal, expected, mundane even, because it's going to happen. And I see so many people not taking action. There's a number of things that get in the way, like I could probably do, and maybe I should do an episode on this. I'm going to write that down a top five things getting in your way of money making but one of the top ones is not taking action it's not doing it you hear me writing it down <laughs> I don't know how good my microphone is me like scribbling so yeah call yourself whatever you like doesn't need to be CEO but join me in not rejecting the whole damn thing because we need to bring that energy of expectation self-assurance and vision to what we do and it's an expectation of and sometimes bigness isn't the right word because it feels like a lot but an expectation of the thing actually happening trusting that it will actually happen personally I'm going to be reclaiming the term I like the contrast of me in a dress with embroidered strawberries on it this is how I sit right now with neon nail varnish on my fingers and toes and me being a CEO. I like that. And I can't lie. (laughs) It really made me laugh when I was prepping this and I thought of this point. 
I like the feeling of showing everyone who said I couldn't that I can still there not that enlightened (laughs) I can do it in a way and I really thoroughly believe this that I can do the CEO thing in a way that prioritizes people first and money second but that doesn't mean I'm not going to make a ton of money while I do it so thank you for listening to this episode I'd love to know your thoughts please do leave us a review and they really help and also if you're interested in learning more about the program which I've talked a bit about today you go to the show notes or just to my Instagram bio to my website and you can sign up to the waitlist and that means you'll be the first to know when we start releasing details of that what the process for that will be is you'll first of all get some information about it you'll be invited to apply to come along to a live private training for just those people who are interested in the program who we think will be a good fit for it so don't let that worry you um if you're not a good fit for it there'll probably be other stuff that i recommend either my stuff or someone else's it's not a like um you know these people are approved, these people are unapproved. It's much more of a like, yes, I think you're in the position where your investment in this program is going to have an impact for you. So thank you all for listening and I will see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Money Makers podcast. I'm delighted you could be here with me. If you liked what you heard, please do leave us a review. It makes all the difference in getting these episodes heard by more people. A huge thank you to Erin Maguire who edits these episodes. You can find her details below. And to my team who do all the hard work in getting this podcast to your ears. You can, of course, find me on Instagram at Ray underscore Dodd and in my Facebook group, also called Moneymakers. Thanks again. Thanks again.